Welcome to the Electricians Co-op. I'm your host, Jamie Small. And I'm Rob Brass. Today on the show, we've got Oliver Saunders from the Saunders Electrical Group and Patrick Zarzor from Oztech Sparks Electrical. The boys are here today to talk about their businesses, what keeps the wheels of commerce turning and what you can do to emulate their success. Both Patrick and Oliver run similar sized teams to mine and it's interesting to compare us side by side. One of the reasons that Rob and I started this podcast was to bring like-minded businesses together and in the process help each other move forward, create more jobs, and ultimately lead the balanced life we are all seeking. Today, we're going to share how we all do it. Let's get started. G'day, Jamie. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Rob. How about yourself? We, well, we've taken the show on the road for the first time, so I'm really excited about doing that. It's, Where are we again? Here we are at Oztech Sparks over at Norellan. It's great to be here. G'day, Patrick. How are you, mate? How are you going, guys? Yeah, g'day, Pat. G'day, Oliver. Hey, guys. How are you going? Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us, Pat. Yeah, it's no awesome. Anytime. This is a pretty good setup you got here. Thank you. <laughs> How long have you been at this location in Norellan for? We moved in about a year ago. Uh, we had a bit of an empty shell and we just built it up and painted the walls and created it as a and space. Does it feel like home? It does now. It does now. We've built about six rooms. So it's, yeah. And what happens in all those other rooms? Uh, some intense stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. You're too busy on the tools working. <laughs> Good stuff. What's new in your world, Oliver? Oh, just busy with work, family, family life. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned one of your brothers off air. He's come back to the business and he's going to start working with you again? Yeah, Benny. He's, uh, he plays professionally over in Japan, uh, rugby union over there. And he's, uh, he's, he's back in Sydney now. He's in quarantine at the moment. He gets out on Thursday. He's free. Free man on Thursday. <laughs> gets out on Thursday. Sounds like yeah. he's like locked up in jail or well, something. He's, he's locked up in uh, one of the hotels in Sydney. So <laughs> he'll, he'll be keen to get out. But yeah, he'll give us a hand for a couple of days a week. He's here till I think end of August. So. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and he's heading back over to Japan to play footy, is he? Yeah, I think he's, if he hasn't already signed, he's, he's got an offer. He's probably going to go back for another season, I think. I think so. it's that. And what about the new truck out the front? Tell us about that. <laughs> no, it's adding a vehicle. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So lots of business coming in and working all as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's going well. Yeah. Leads are still coming in and getting through the work. And like I said, yeah, Benny's coming back. So that'll help ease some of the workload off me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still looking for another full-time Sparky. Still. Yeah, right. Join wow. us. Yeah, yeah. Last time we spoke to you, you said you, you were still looking, looking for that as well. Yeah. well so. How come no luck? I don't, I don't want to hire just anyone. It's, you know, it's got to be someone that's, you know, fits with the culture and our, our sort of line of work, our, our electricians, meet face-to-face with the customers on a daily basis. So they sort of got to be presentable as well, you know, and know how to communicate. So it's don't want to just hire anyone. So it is actually a family-run business now, like having three of the Saunders brothers all working together. Are there any fights on site where everyone works pretty well together? No, nah, we all work well together, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. good fun. So good in turn, are you the eldest or? I am, yeah. You're the eldest. Okay, yeah. so are you bossing them around or? I'll let them do their own sort of thing. <laughs> like hey, when they're on the tools, they yeah. I'll give them the jobs and they, they sort yeah. of do, do what oh, they need to do to oh, get it done, you. free reign kind of thing. It's really good. Years ago when I first left the army and I had my first business, my dad got a redundancy package from Qantas and he was sitting around and he couldn't quite access his super. I think he had like two years to run before he could get it, but he had the redundancy and he was kind of like, well, I'm not ready to retire. I want to do something. Uh, you know, what should I do? And I said, well, why don't you come and hang out with me? And I was my dad's boss for about three years. 
and my dad's passed now and I cherish those times. I cherish those times that I got to spend with him and to actually do that. So having a family business like that is something pretty special. It's pretty good. What about you, Pat? Do you have anyone that's uh, related to you working for you or you wouldn't have it? No, 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 we don't. None? No, no, no. Uh, it comes with its challenges from what I've heard, but at the same time, it also comes with the memories that you're creating for the future. So that's, yeah. I've, I, I do have a lot of friends that do have family members in business and, and, they have their occasional whinge and their bitch and moan about it, but it is what it is. It's a, it's a family, it's a family run business or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, it's you, you do cherish those moments exactly like you said in the future, and it may not be at that current moment, but when you do come to some sort of a, a win together, it's just it sort of. This is from what I see from the outside. It would bind you guys closer together, and then you definitely did. It definitely. Yeah. You know, at first I didn't know what to call him. Do I call him dad? Do I call him Nick? Or do I, what do I call the guy? Like I, that was like really awkward for me. And uh, all, all my mates and my colleagues that I worked with were like, just call him your dad. Just call him dad. He's your dad. I don't have to call him by his first name or anything. I'm like, and I never felt comfortable calling him Nick. So I always called him dad. I was like, dad, where the fuck are you? What are you doing? You know? And I used to shout at him like I shouted everybody else, right? Cause I shout, cause that's kind of what I do. You know, that's how it is. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? Have you had anyone work for you that's related? Um, yeah, well, your, your absolutely. Sons? I've got seven brothers that work with me. <laughs> seven of the boys at work are like my brothers. So. Ah, I love it, man. I love yeah, it. No, but um, hopefully my boys, my business is around long enough. So when my boys are old enough, they can do my apprentice, do their apprenticeship through Promage Electrical and go on to become tradesmen. Um, my wife has her own business, so she she's not involved. But um, I've heard some horror stories having wives involved. Not, yeah, you know, it's pretty hard to work together because you're living together and that. So we sort of uh, steered clear of that, and it's going really well. You did that deliberately. Um, I think she wanted to do her own thing rather than to be part of it. She wanted to have her own identity and her own business, and she's killing it um, in her own right. So. Hats off to her. She's going really well. And I try and catch her on the side, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Well, gents, thanks so much for hosting us, first of all, as Jamie said. And part of the reason that we wanted to do this podcast was to bring other electricians together and to share what you guys know with the people that are listening. And we've done that pretty successfully on the other version of the podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, you can check that out at the electricianscoop.com forward slash interviews and both Patrick and Oliver have been interviewed over there. So you want some more detail over there, but if they haven't heard of you or they haven't heard that before, why don't we start with you, Pat? Tell us a little bit about Oztech Sparks and your business. How many staff have you got? How long you've been running for and, and what's it all about? So we started, well, the business had been established in 2014. So going on to seven years now, we're currently a team of about 10 slash 11 overall with the office staff, marketing and the guys on the field. And a couple of years ago, we stepped into security. So we've taken on our security license and, and probably about 60, 65% of our work is about is security at the moment. Oh, that's a big then, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, and to be honest, it's, it's, it's more fun. Like I, I love electrical, but when, when you're diving into security and what it can do, it does get a lot more technical and there's a lot more back-end stuff related to it. But um, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. So um, we stepped into our office, like I mentioned before, a year ago. And, and ever since then, we've been focused on scaling the business and growing our guys and growing the team. So that's we're looking forward to the future and what the future holds for us. So how do you get more security work? How do you go about doing that? Like is it an upsell from the electrical or there's another strategy? Oh, well, it's just it's just the leads coming in. So depending depending on what jobs come through, it depends how we, what we market out there. So a lot of our marketing is done on Facebook, Google, websites, Instagram, and it depends what sort of content we're putting out there. So we find that for a period of time, security was a bit more 
lucrative for us. Yeah, it was it was better revenue in certain areas depending on the depending on the market, and we just started focusing more and more on that, and and we become we started to become more recognised in our area, in our local areas as a security specialist, and we've just been pumping out heaps of security since then. Now that's just for mums and dads, COD work, cash and delivery work, and go in, get the job done, get paid on the day, that sort of thing. But in saying that, we started to step into strata and commercial with security. So we did start off with cameras and cameras was just like a, a just a basic run cat five, cat six cable, hook it all up, make it work, deliver it to the client. And then we started to do intercoms. After intercoms, we started to do alarms. And, and mind you, this is stuff I've never done before. So I had to learn it before I handed it over to a client before we handed over the job. And then, and then from there we started to do access control and then multi-unit apartments. And from there it opens up to anything. If, if you haven't learned it before, if you haven't done it before, you'll learn it, you'll make it happen. You'll hand it over to a client. You've just, you've just earned that part of it. What's, what's next? Sort of. So what made you learn it yourself rather than hire someone to do it for you? Curiosity and just the willingness to grow into a different field. Electrical is pretty cool. But security never really caught my attention until we started doing more and more of it. And I think it comes down to what clients were after. And you don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about to a client. So when a client is asking, can you get this done? Can you do that? I said, mate, if, if, I'm not, if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to make sure I find out how to and we'll deliver it for you. And, and I'll just do whatever it takes to make it happen. And at the beginning, you're not, going to, you're not going to fluke it and hand over a fluke project to a client or a fluke job to a client. So you do bring in subbies at the beginning or you do tap into resources that help you out in the technical side of things. But then from there, you just learn and you take it on as a newer thing. And what about the uh, regular type electrical work? Are you still doing that? We're doing heaps of it. So what sort of split have you got? Like a 70-30 split of that? Look, <laughs> Or is it just based on your leads and your yeah, amounts? It, it, is, it is based on leads. Like a, Also, we do we do a lot of work for strata and real estate and, of course, mums and dads and stuff. We, we do like to see our company as having two divisions, with a services division and a projects division. And with the project stuff – you're seeing more commercial fit outs and, and having that sort of those sort of leads come through. That's where it's more electrical. And then we do have the advantage to say that we do security at the same time. But with the real estates, that's majority, well, nearly always electrical. Yeah. With the mums and dads, whatever they're after, fans, downlights, PowerPoints, whatever, we could do it. Guys, have you actually thought about doing security cameras? There's been a few break-ins that are happening in the area, or, or it's becoming more of a popular thing. And then it's a nice upsell. Well, it is, and and in saying that, like it, the areas that we're focusing our our installations on do have a heap of break-ins that are happening, and a lot of times the customers that we have installed cameras for in the past have come back to us and showed us footage of something that's happened at their property. And the reality is, if the cameras weren't installed, they wouldn't have been able to possibly catch the culprit or, or see exactly what was going on. It's, you're selling peace of mind when you're selling security. Mm, I love so it. As you know, you know, the hardest part is actually getting the client. Mm. So when you're in the client's home, if you can- Resell I, something I, I else. I don't like calling an upsell off a, you know, additional the- opportunity, whether it be Services. cameras, security, data, whatever it might be, TV, audio, visual, whatever. You know, you can upsell in inverted commas and, you know, make more out of every job, you know what I mean? And they'll appreciate it as well because you've added something to obviously your business and, you know, a lot of people don't realise that a lot of Sparkies do do security and cameras. A lot of people ask me, oh, do you do cameras or do you know someone that does cameras? I'm like, oh, yeah, we do. I'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll do, we can do it for you, yeah. Yeah, nice one. If That's you don't, put in the door. If you don't like the word upsell, we'll replace the corporate double speak with uh, add value. Add, yeah, that's, that's exactly we'll what add value to the client. I couldn't think of it right yeah. then. <laughs> and it's actually a nice way to describe it because when you're dealing with fans, downlights, and all those regular normal things, you can add some extra value by saying, hey, 
Have you got the security system squared away and dialed in and whatnot? What's the average cost of something like that for for a single family home, for instance? A security system, depending mm. on how many cameras, depending on the size of the property, depending on what we're dealing with at the property, ranging between two, two grand plus. So it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. But then what's the price of a breaking? What's the price of something? Yeah, like that's what I mean. <laughs> Sometimes people underestimate the value of security. Yeah. And and they start to think about getting security installed, either if a break-in has happened to their house or a break-in has happened at their neighbor's house. Yeah, it makes that's, sense. Yeah. Yeah, we've, got, we've actually um, got a long block um, with a granny flat. My wife's studio is way down the back of the property. So I set up the other day, I've got six cameras installed. So she's got a monitor in her studio so she can see what's going on in the house. So if the kids are in the backyard or in the pool playing, she can look from her screen without leaving her studio to sort of see what's going on. And if she's home by herself as well. Oh, 100%. Down the back there. Keep an eye on her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Snooping from your phone from the other side of the city. Good stuff. So what's happening with the business this year? Are you on a good growth trajectory? Are things tracking well? Are you going to add some people to your team? What are you thinking? Uh, mate, we put together an org chart to what we want to create for our business by 2024. What's so an org chart? Organisational okay, chart. Yeah. Good question, by the way. <laughs> so um, to anyone listening, it's just what you want to create out of your company at scale. So at, as a business owner, you're going to be wearing all the hats at the beginning. You're going to be the installer. You're going to be the marketer. You're going to be the accountant, bookkeeper, and really essentially running operations, making making the gears grind. And you're wearing all the hats and, and it's going to burn you out in terms of energy and, and all sorts of things. So as you scale, depending on what you want as an end result for your for your business, you're going to be putting people in certain positions to grow. And that, will, that comes with a lot more other things like creating a culture, focusing on leadership, focusing on performance and, and, and accountability and that sort of thing. But uh, the org chart essentially is just creating what your future is, what you want your future to be for your company and and what your future is currently, well, sorry, what your company is currently at in terms of scale. So, yeah, last year we put we did create what we want our company to be like by 2024, nice. um, having everything managed, having certain departments being taken care of. And then we put together the, the figures behind each person's employment or each department's, what revenue the business needs to be generating to account for a business at scale. So then it gives us a target of what we need to hit as a revenue figure. Then we have to factor in all gross expenses and, and overheads and whatever that stuff is. So that essentially then turns into our, our sales targets per year, per month, and reverse engineer it all the way back. So as uh, 2021 comes, it is exciting times ahead. I don't want to announce too much, but um, yeah, in saying that we are focused as a company on building and growing all of us. So, and, and not just the company, we are focused on building and growing each of our team. Yeah, that's awesome. As humans. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to get you a book. It's called Team of Teams mm. by Stanley McChrystal. And it's how they break down um, the US military and how they won against AQI in Iraq and how they defeated ISIS and whatnot as well. And that goes to the very heart of org charts and how you how you develop a business and how where the leadership uh, gaps are and how those silos sometimes should overlap but don't quite overlap and it's just a really good book around management and leadership and stuff so i'll grab a copy of that for you i probably won't read it i'll listen to it i'll get you the audio book i'll gift you the audio book then don't worry i can't read that well either before on the podcast i'm gonna read a page like three times really sink in (laughs) let it sink in we'll get it hey oliver you're over there in the corner quietly uh watching along tell us a little bit about the saunders electrical group mate what do you guys do and what do you focus on uh most of our work's uh domestic residential do some construction work as well, new builds and, and renovations too. So, any security? 
Not really, not a lot. Most, yeah, pretty much all electrical. But after listening, listening to what Patrick was talking about, it sounds like a the security pretty, division's yeah, opening tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Off air, I'm going to be asking Pat a few questions <laughs> myself. Don't worry, Yeah, definitely. Just, so. just a disclaimer, and sorry to cut you off. You need a security license. It's a license, for it. yeah. yeah. And and before we, we we started pumping our cameras at the beginning without a license until we got hit up about it. Oh, yeah. And how do you go about just, getting that license? Uh that's. I think through New South Wales Police, uh, you just have to get your fingerprints in and there's a bit of paperwork. There's a bit of a process, not too much in training, but as long as you have your Sparky licence, it's easy to get your – there's still a process to it, but it's 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 not impossible. A bit of a box-ticking exercise. Yeah, 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 and fingerprints and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, nice. Definitely easy, to know. something easy to get into. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, new builds, construction, and, yep. um, yeah, pump along with the work, so – it's good. It's been busy. Got, uh, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, got two two more brothers giving us a hand and a couple of apprentices as well. So there's five of us and wow. yeah, trying to find a, another one. So Pumping it out. I see you got a strong affiliation with Beacon. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we're um, we're Beacon Lighting Preferred Electricians. So we've got a relationship with Beacon Lighting, obviously, and um, we promote Beacon and their products and um, they refer their customers to us as well and you know, there's a few other benefits for our customers, you know, discounts and and uh, warranties and all that sort of stuff yeah, through Beacon. So it's a good good sort of partnership. So how many leads a week would you say you get from Beacon? We started off with one store yep. and we've got we've got three stores now. And I, it depends. Sometimes it, it could be, you know, three or four leads a week. Sometimes it could be more, 10, 12, 15. Wow, wow. Yeah, it just varies. But um, well, yeah, no, a, you get quite well, a bit of work from As we so. touched on before, the hardest part is getting a client. If someone can be feeding your work like that, yeah. it's just yeah. so invaluable, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And if you can sort of partner with a, a big brand or, you know, a, a large company like that that's well known, it gives your company or your business, you know, credibility mm, totally as well, I, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Well, that's the thing. Beacon's not just going to partner with anyone, are they? No, exactly. And it I think a- I believe the the structure of the preferred electrician changed a number of years ago, um, where you have to meet certain criteria to become a Beacon preferred electrician. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I've, we've probably been been preferred electricians for maybe two years now. Yeah. So I don't know what it used to be, but yep. there is an application process you yep. need to get sort of approved. Yeah. First, but yeah, no, that's it's, it's good. Yeah. Do you, and do you have any people in the back office supporting you? In my company, we have virtual receptionists. Yeah. So they take our calls and. They're set up with our job software uh, system service mate. So they, they're able to generate quotes and, you know, qualify leads that come in and stuff like that, which makes my job heaps easier. Takes a lot of the um, the admin side of the side of the job away from me, which is good. Yeah, they do the follow-up phone calls as well, which is like massive. So yeah, good for our conversions. Yep. What else? We've got accountants that do our accounting. Uh, we've got a bookkeeper as well that does our bookkeeping. So, so you, are you, sort of stuff so the reason I'm asking is because I'm kind of leading you there is in the next segment of the show, we're going to talk about what it takes to take the leap out of employment into your own business and to do that. But often people do that without the support that they need and really trying to highlight that. Cause you said that Pat, that you've got that support in your office and you've got that as well. Cause if you don't have that, as Jamie says all the time, small business will consume you. If you let it, if you let it. Yeah. But yeah. I think to start with, you need to be doing it yourself cause you, you can't do. afford to have yeah. someone in the back office you know because you can't be too because essentially that's another overhead so you need to be more expensive to cover the admin staff and the office and whatever else you might have ticking over in the background so i think early on you need to do it yourself and actually learn how to do it yourself so you actually appreciate 
you know, what the admin person is doing in the background. Yeah. But when you get to a certain size like we all are, you know, you sort of got to pass the buck and sort of allow someone else to do it and maybe just look over it and just train the people in the right way that you want your invoices written or your quotes written. Yeah, and it's really important that you do that because you've got to have that balance. Like are you able to down tools at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon go home to your family or are you still working after hours? Yeah, but yeah. you know what? I'd, you may not be working physically or actually writing or typing, but it's yeah. it's still ticking through <laughs> your working. head. Would you yeah, agree yeah, with that? Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. On. And I actually enjoy it. You know, like yeah. I know a lot of the guys from work, they probably switch off at 3, 30, 4 o'clock, go home, you know, Thank God the play with the kids, over. whatever, yeah. and they don't switch back on until 7 o'clock the next morning. But I'm sitting there watching like a movie with the kids and <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the movie, but I'm not concentrating on it. I'm thinking about something else. And I, I enjoy it. And obviously when the kids, it's time to play with the kids and talk to my wife, I'm talking, but there's little gaps in between. Yeah, it works straight in my head. What about you guys? I 100% agree yeah. with that, man. And I think it comes down to it. It's because it gives your life a bit more purpose yeah. because you're creating something and, mm -hmm. and it's business is like your own little project. And the more successful, the more it's built up and the more it's structured, the more successful, the more successes you see out of it. But I'm exactly the same, man. I can so relate. And sometimes I get hit up, I get hit up about it all the time. But it's, it doesn't bother me because it's, I know I'm adding value. I know yeah. I'm adding value and yeah. I can't wait to do this tomorrow and yeah. I can't wait to get this done. And, and it, does comes yeah it does come with its downsides that you're not. Well, I suppose it stems back to that book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm. It's think a lot. I think a lot of people don't think enough. As soon as there's an opportunity to think, you pick up your phone for entertainment. Yeah, so exactly. You sit there and yeah. think about your business, think about your family, think about the things that you're grateful for, and more of those things will appear in your life. I think the other side of that as well is small business will let, will consume you if you let it but that's really determined by your perspective. Mm. And if you've got a positive outlook on life, like you just said that uh, I love what I do and I really enjoy that and I'm passionate about that, then let it consume you. 100%. Imagine, yeah, imagine you didn't enjoy it. Everything would oh just my be gosh. Yeah. It would just be, you, yeah. you'll be living in torture every single day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've said this a couple of times on a few different podcasts that we've done and I had a conversation with somebody the other day. One of my uh, one of my clients actually is a business broker and he sells, he works in the IT space, so not in the tradie space and he sells a lot of IT businesses and what he said to me was, it was like something like 1% of businesses make it to 10 years. So there's very few IT businesses that make it a decade. Many tradie businesses easily make it there because of the nature of what it is that you do. It never goes away. It's always there. But technology is a fad. Sometimes things come around. People cash in and make millions of dollars in a short space of time. But it's pretty rare that they make it to 10 years like that. And he said one of the biggest mistakes that these IT companies make is they have complete and total ownership and buy-in of this thing that is their baby not realizing that it might not last even five years, never mind 10 years. So it's a different kind of perspective to look at it as well. So I think you're also going to be careful and have a little bit of balance around that as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see out of those 1% that, or a lot of the businesses that do fail, a lot of them would restart another business. Of course they would, rather yeah. Rather than just 100%. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's that's an important stat. However, it's not completely accurate because you, you only fail if you don't get back up. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of like – I was listening to something the other day it was Brian Tracy, one of those motivational coaches, and someone came up to him in a seminar and said, Brian, how can I become more successful? And his answer was double your failure rate. So be prepared to fail. Twice as often yeah, as you Never have are. a plan B because it takes away from plan A. <laughs> no, no plan B. Have you got a plan B, Oliver? Oh, I don't. No, no, no plan B. <laughs> Couldn't make it work. It's too hard. What about you, Pat? No? Nah, you can't. You've got to focus on plan A. That's you have it. to. Make it happen. 
Yeah, That's 100%. It. All right, gents, let's just take a little break. there Rob Russ here if this is your first time here at the electricians co-op it's great to have you here and if you're back for more welcome back and thank you for your loyalty now if you like what you hear on today's show make sure you share this with your mates who are electricians Jamie myself and our guests we want to reach as many people as we can with the electricians co-op we want to help more people to break through to the next level in their career their business and their life Here we are at segment two, gentlemen, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time here today talking about what it takes to actually make the leap from employee to business owner. And it'd be great to get a little bit of background on how you guys actually did that. And I'm going to get you to share your story as well, Jamie, but I'm going to give Oliver the opportunity to go first. What did you do, mate? Did you always want to have your own business? Yeah, I have. From when I was an apprentice, I... uh, Sort of always wanted to, you know, start my own business one day, and yeah, did, did a couple of other things. Played football overseas for a few years, and you know, after I finished my apprenticeship, came back and did some other electrical work with other electrical companies, and sort of picked up the skills I thought I'd need, you know, to to run a um to start and run an electrical business. And then yeah, 2017 is you know, the time I thought yeah now's now's the time to do it. How long were you out of your apprenticeship before you kicked it off? Started in 2017, the business. Finished my apprenticeship 2009, 2010. Okay, so quite a while. Yeah, a little while, yeah. Yeah, so, and you had a break in between there as well, didn't you? A little yeah, bit of couple, stuff, other stuff going on. A couple of years, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, good fun. And um, yeah, since 2017, I've learned yeah, heaps. Like, yeah, it's running a business completely different to yeah, being a Sparky, so. Well, that comes back to having plan, never have a plan B. Learn the boats at the no, shore, baby. Nothing to fall back on, you know. You've got to make it <laughs> yeah. work, so you have to learn. You throw yeah, yourself you in the deep end. Be and, to yeah, that's right. Like Pat mentioned earlier, you know, you're going to come across things in business that you don't know. And, you know, to get past that hurdle, you, you need to figure out a way to, to learn it or find someone to give you a hand who does know it and, and you move past that and, and continue to grow. Well, that's the idea of this podcast, isn't it, Rob? You know, it like is, yeah. rather a lot of people are too scared to actually ask the questions, oh, how do you do it, you know? So the idea of this is while we're talking, we're generating, you know, content so people can listen on their way to work and go, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. I think it, I think a big part of that is staying solution focused. A lot of people tend to get too caught up in the distractions of what comes as a roadblock where it sees them away from what the solution or how do I make this happen? How do I make this work? And, and you'd find with, especially with today's technology and Google and everything at your fingertips, you have access to unlimited resources. It's literally, it's, it's a flick of a button away and it's just, you're either going to be looking it up on Google, you're going to be looking it up on Facebook, you're going to be making phone calls to suppliers and, and the tech support for the suppliers. If you can't find a way to make it work, you 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 will eventually find a way to make it work if yeah. you stay solution focused. Action. That's you can it. read all you want, but you've got to put it into action. I actually fed it, I listened to a funny quote the other day. Someone said to Albert Einstein well, many, many years ago, obviously, they said to Albert Einstein, who's obviously known as probably the smartest person ever, they said to him, Albert, how many feet are there in a mile? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> the bloke's like, why don't you know? You're supposed to be the smartest person on the planet. He goes, why would I fill 
my head with useless facts when mm. I could fire that in a book at the time in two minutes. Yeah. Fill my head with things that I need every day. And again, that stems back to what you said, you know, like you can find so much useful information on the internet, how to run a business, how to pivot, how to market, how to do whatever, or pick up the phone and ring one of us or ring one of your mates about how to wire a camera or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? There's no excuse not to know something. And you don't have to know it all all the time. That's that's part of the problem. And that's the part of the reason I wanted to discuss this as well. And the catalyst for, for me in thinking about what we're going to do this podcast about today was the other day I had a conversation with a younger person and they said, I want to do what you do. Oh, well, just buy some microphones and learn how to do this and I'll give you some scripts and you can create your show and off you go. You know, it's not that hard. It's pretty simple to do podcasting and to do all that stuff. And they were like, their response was, it's all right for you. You've got all this experience and you've got all of this. And I thought to myself, from their perspective, I must look like the Jedi Grandmaster, but I'm not the Jedi Grandmaster. I'm just like a rookie at this, you know. Well, how do you get that experience? Yeah, Only started. by getting the experience. You, phones, yeah. you started. I bought all the gear and scratched my head wondering how to make it all work and then tried to edit it and then gave it to somebody else. And it just kind of just keeps going. You just get to your point, you find the solutions and you just, I don't, all I see is, solutions yeah. i don't see problems That's i right. just see solutions and if i don't know how to do it as you say we've got access to more information and at any time in human history you can solve it with youtube usually and it's usually pretty easy to do in that particular sense what about you pat did you always want to have your own business and how did you transition from being an employee into a business owner no not at all i never thought i was ever going to start a business to be honest i, I was working for stowe which was a big electrical company i was there for four years and i was pretty happy with my position and um yeah it's a good company good pay got along with everyone and, and i felt like I, I built up a bit of a um a, a decent image for myself in the company and and i was just going to reapply to be a tradesman and and this was just coming up to the end of my apprenticeship and one of my friends who i knew was going to be starting a business from day dot mentioned to me man he goes why don't you start a business give it a go and I thought, man, like, um, I'm pretty happy where I'm in. Like, oh, there's no need for me to start a business. I never really thought about business. And then he goes, give it a go. Start a business, come up with a name and see how you go. If it doesn't work out, just go back to Stowe and, and that's it. And at least you, you can tell yourself you gave it a go. And I thought, well, okay, I've never really thought about this, but whatever. I registered an ABN number. It took me about like maybe two or three weeks to come up with a name that I was really happy with. And, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't generate any revenue for the business until probably the 10th month in other than little cashies here and there, very, very low level stuff. But I was, uh, while I had the ABN registered, I worked for two other companies as an employee and, um, because Stowe was a lot more commercialized stuff and, and stepping into business, it was all domestic. It's a different ball game with the experience that you're going to be, with the electrical field that you're working with. So with the with the other companies I started work for, it was more residential stuff and it was all new to me. I, I never hit my first earth rod in as a tradesman uh, until I was a tradesman. <laughs> yeah, I never really did a, a switchboard upgrade until I was a tradesman. I knew nothing about security and I shit you not, I didn't know how to do a two-way switch <laughs> as a tradesman. You're laughing. You, I don't know if you know. I don't know how to yeah. do a two-way switch. <laughs> <laughs> electrical terminology. But yeah, it's um, it was just experience. I, I got hungry and wanting to learn because I didn't have that sort of exposure at the company. I, can, I could do a lot of the stuff that Stowe did pretty well well, 
But um, in terms of what I needed to have as experience under my belt for running my own business, I just I was I was really really hungry to learn and absorb as much information and as much exposure to electrical different sides of electrical as I can. It did build up a fire in me at that time. And when when we first started generating revenue for the um, under the business, it was just subcontracting out, and it was it was subcontracting out to do emergency lighting. Um, and I was doing that for about a year and a half. And I told myself, you know what, at the end of the day, my end goal is to go out full time, which at, which came from nothing, which came from no reason for me to start a business in the beginning. It was just, a, it was a, it was a seed that was planted by a conversation outside of Macca's car park, eating ice cream with a mate. And that, <laughs> that's, that's a sliding door from. moment though. Yeah, well, there they are. Yeah, yeah. When you look back at it, it's like a, the simplest things make the biggest difference in life. And, and in saying that, I don't say business is for a lot of people and, and, but it does require a, a a, a weird type of human being to uh, go into business and pursue and, 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 and keep growing at it because it's, it's not for everyone, but if it is for you, it, it does take a lot to put in. But yeah, looking back, I don't regret anything. It was quite a journey. I love it. It's a great story and it's a great reminder as well that it's, it's all right for you. You're in, you've got 10 staff and you've got all of this yep. and you've got all of that. And it's easy for people to look at you and to think that and to say that, but everybody starts somewhere. My journey was maybe a little bit different to you guys. My journey into business was I can do this better than them. And they're paying me a whole bunch of money to do this. So I remember having golden handcuffs in the corporate world, right? Where you, you, you're shackled to $150,000 wage, but you, they own you from sunup to sundown and beyond. And all you do, or it's like having your own business, right? Golden handcuffs. In some ways it's worse because all the corporate doublespeak and all the corporate BS that goes with it, it's a bit stressful. But I can remember thinking at one point, hey, they're paying me all this money to go and do all of this stuff. How much are they actually getting paid if they're sharing this with me? I think as soon as you think like that, it's time to go. And that's that's yeah. when it was because my contract came up for renewal and they said, well, we suppose you want more money. And I was like, well, I suppose you can go and jam it where the sun don't shine. I'm out of here. And they're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Don't burn your bridges, baby. No, I, I, I burnt that bridge. I set fire to it, man. I poured some petrol on it and I set fire to it and I was out of there. I didn't like the uh, the stuffy corporate environment and the corporate world, it always felt really fake to me. And when I got into business for myself, it served me really well because I could speak the language, right? You go into a blue chip company like Coke or Lion Nathan or American Express or something like that, can have the conversations with the, the stuffy suits and things like that and do what you need to do. But really, that's not my personality. That's not who I am as a person. I'm just like a normal person. And the funny thing is that those folks are normal as well. But I realized very quickly that I could do it as good as they could. And in some ways, I could do it a little bit better as well because I was just more approachable and just nicer about things, not so corporate doublespeak. What about you? Did you always want to have your own business, Jamie? I just wanted to be a footy player from when I was a kid till <laughs> I was 27, to be honest. I got well, back you live the dream. <laughs> Yeah, I'd never worked until I was 27 and um, got back from France and I was living on my mate's couch, literally. Then after that, he sort of, he moved on and I was living in a factory at Canal, which I drive past every day to this day. And um, I thought, what the hell am I going to do with myself? Anyway, I feel my mates had started electrical apprenticeships that just finished playing footy. And so I rang up one of those guys and said, hey, what are you doing these days? He goes, I've got an electrical apprenticeship with this company called DDP. And he goes, mate, the guy loves footy. I'm like, yeah, perfect. That's a good in for me. So I rang him up and said, hey, Darren. And he's been on the podcast, Darren from DDP Electrical. And I started on the Monday and I did my apprenticeship from 27 to 31, uh, 30. I think I left to go work for Ben Rafferty Air and Electrical for a year and a half and started my business straight away after that. 
Nice. So you went straight into your business. Straight in. I'm like, well, because I was so far, like I was 27 and I remember saying on a previous podcast, I was dreading my wife asking me what to do for a living because I was a 27-year-old first-year apprentice. I literally, <laughs> when I got back from France, I literally had 50 bucks in a suitcase and um, I was dreading her asking, what do you do for a living? Because everyone my age had, you know, like had got a, an apartment, a car, you know, they got money in the bank. I had nothing. And she said, <laughs> she said to me, what do you do for a living? I'm like... My first year apprentice. <laughs> and she, she's still with me to this day and we're married and we've got two kids and, you know, things are going well. But she said to me the other day, she says, I always saw something in you. I'm like, oh, that's, that's nice to know. So, <laughs> good to know. Yeah. yeah. So straight out of um, pretty much my apprenticeship, I learned tons from Ben Rafferty, from Ben Rafferty, Aaron Electrical, absolute legend. He's got a team of 45 now on the road. So you can imagine how, how many moving parts he's got and how crucial – um, the managers are for him and I learn a lot from him more about about culture and I'm trying to bring the footy culture into the workplace because as we all know you're at work more than you're probably with your friends and family yeah. so it's important to go to work and enjoy who you're working for and I, like I said before like the the seven guys our seven team including me or plus me they're like my brothers I, if they rang me and they needed something I'd just you're drop there. everything to do it yeah 100%. so yeah. Yes, yeah. I love it. Beautifully shared, gentlemen. That's uh, nice sentiments and, and well said. Early on in my first business, uh, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, we were on the tools, we were selling, we were backing and forthing. And eventually I realized that we were most productive on the tools because that's where we made money. And we hired a telemarketing company back in the day to do all the outbound calls for us, which secured the jobs. And they also scheduled us and sent us to the jobs and we did the work. And this office was in North Sydney. And the lady who ran the telemarketing team was a woman who brought Optus to Australia. So you guys might be a little bit too young to remember, but in the early 90s, there was only um, Telecom, which became Telstra, which then Optus was introduced when the whole industry, I think, was deregulated. I can't remember why they brought that, but the competition came and half of Australia went, F you, Telstra, we're going to them. And she had like three floors of telemarketers answering the phones and doing outbound calls to do that. So she was like a ninja at this outbound calling thing. And she generated so much business for us that we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. And her husband worked in the office as well, but it's this really fancy office in North Sydney. And he used to sit in the corner of the office overlooking the harbor with his little laptop and his little tiny one person desk, like his little school desk. And he'd type away, I don't know, and still don't know what he did over there. And one day he came over to us and he said, hey boys, do you need some help? And I said, well, yeah, please, I, I could take some help. What, what do you do? How can you help us? And he goes, oh, I've been retired for about five years, but I used to be the CEO of a pharmaceutical company in Italy. And it turns out he was the boss of this company that was worth like hundreds of millions of dollars, this publicly listed company and all of that. And he's like, okay, boys, here's what's, here's what's wrong. So he was my first mentor and he was an ex-army guy as well. And we were three ex-army guys. So we got on really well and he saw our faults and whatnot. But I think he was instrumental in us being successful. So I want to ask you, Oliver, did you have anybody or do you have anybody now that is like your mentor or your coach or somebody that's helping you? Because even though you've got your business and you're up on your feet and stuff, you don't know everything and you still need help. Is there somebody you call on or somebody that you pay to help you? Yeah, there's a couple of different mentors. I've got a business coach. Yeah, when I started, I didn't know anything about business. So I knew a little bit about sales and stuff like that from a couple of other jobs I'd, I'd had. But yeah, like you mentioned, you don't know everything. I don't think you ever will know everything. So that's uh, 
that that's important, I think, to, to get a mentor or, or a coach or something that you can sort of call up and, and get advice around, um, especially when it t- comes time to sort of grow and scale your business. Um, yeah, like I said, I've got a business coach. Um, I learned quite a lot off social media, um, you know, sort of business leaders and, and business people on social media. I'll see what they do and just try and learn from them and um, I guess take the advice and information that, that I see uh, that they give and um, see how I can sort of implement that into my own business. Um, and, yeah, so far it's sort of paying off. So I think it's it's really important if you do want to grow and scale your business that you, you do have a mentor and you do have someone that you can sort of you know, learn from. Yeah, it's good. What about you, Pat? You've got the same as well? Yeah, I've I've always appreciated people in positions that are that from the outside look successful and I've always been curious to see how they've built themselves up to that. So I used to not ask questions and I used to – just keep it at from the outside, appreciate them from the outside. But now I've sort of started to get more curious around how they got there and, and what sort of challenges that they've had in the past and how they overcame them. Now um, I'm, I'm massive about mentorship because in, in my life growing up, we uh, my parents were very religious and, and church every Sunday sort of thing. So we, we were very close to our community and there was a lot of people in our community that were um, that were good mentors for me. And I saw the value in conversations just out of that because it, it, you, you can really tell when someone has a genuine interest in wanting to see you grow and wanting to see you strive. And sometimes it might come with a bit of a hard edge, but then when you look back at those moments, you start to say, okay, you know what, if that conversation didn't happen and if he didn't, if he didn't communicate it to me in that way, it wouldn't have landed as effective. And um, in the past, I can name a couple of people um, from my community, outside of that community, that have been real mentors in my life. And um, I, I, I do show appreciation now that I look back when I do see them and just remind them that, hey, man, you, you actually did make a difference in my life. And if it wasn't for these conversations that we've had, I wouldn't be looking at life with this perspective. Now, in saying that, I, I also do believe in a lot of self-education and, and paying for business development and personal development. I get into audiobooks. I follow a lot of um, – business successes and mentors in in the coaching field for for business, whether it's in Australia or internationally. But I I do get into a lot of audio books and podcasts. So self-education is a massive part of it. So then at the end of the day as well, you want to really essentially become a mentor for someone else. Beautifully said, beautifully said, Jens. And I raise that question deliberately and share that little story that I've got as well, because people that are working for somebody right now, thinking that they want to take the leap into business themselves, they think they have to do it by themselves. And you are on your own, but you don't have to do it on your own and you don't have to do it by yourself. There's plenty of people that can help you even if you don't have a business partner. You can have a mentor, you can have a coach, and there's heaps of people to get you across the line. It's a massive compliment. If someone picks up the phone and rings me and asks me a question about business, I'm like, wow, like, it makes you feel good. Would you agree with that? You know, like it makes you think, okay, I might be doing something that they want to be doing. And I love answering questions like people ask, I'm sure they ask you guys as well on Instagram, like, how do you do that? Or what's the story yeah. with that? Or what's the regulation on that? I love that. I genuinely really thrive on being asked those questions. I think um, touching on that, Jamie, if you, um, I find one of the one of the best ways for myself to learn, if I've sort of learned something and someone's asking me how to do something, if I can explain that to them, yep. it helps, like, helps you learn as well. Yeah, totally. You're, you're teaching. Yeah. Um, but another thing I wanted to say about uh, mentorship, if you're thinking about going out and starting a business or doing anything and, and you want to get a mentor, there's a lot of fake sort of mentors out there, yep. people who claim that, yeah, you can do this, you can do that, let me teach you how to do it. Yep. But you really sort of need to do your homework. Yep. I, I wouldn't I suggest going and getting, you know, seven or eight different mentors. Really study who you're 
who you're going to choose, who you want to speak to or learn from. Um, just pick one or two who have sort of done exactly what you want to do um, and achieve the things you want to achieve because um, you don't want to sort of overcrowd your head and, and start taking the wrong advice from, from the wrong sort of people. Really, you know, do, do your homework and, and work out who you want to learn from. It's not necessarily someone you have to be paying for either. You know, like yep, everyone exactly. that mentors me, I don't pay. <clears throat> You know, I, like Rob mentors me with podcasting, you know, I've, I ring a number of guys, including you guys, about different electrical issues, business stuff, you know, related. Um, so it's not always someone you need to be paying. And there's so many people, people out there when you're in business trying to take your money. Mm. Someone that knows how to do SEO better than this guy or market better than this guy or coach you better than that guy or girl. Um, so you just got to be careful where you, where you pay your money towards, you know, growing your business, you know, and it. It doesn't hurt to just pick up the phone and ring a mate. And like I've touched on before, Rob, one of my mentor passed away probably about four years ago and he sort of got me, he literally, if he wasn't a liar or if I didn't have that moment with him when I'm caught up with him to start my business, I literally wouldn't be sitting here today. He passed away and what I did realise on the back of that, that not one person needs to be your mentor. You know, you might have a number of different mentors, someone how they, they're, how they're a family man, businessman, podcast, you know, whatever it might be, health, fitness. Um, and you look at those people as motivation rather than one specific person. And yeah. like I said, it doesn't mean you be someone you pay. It's a compliment if you ring someone up, pick up the phone and say, hey, Pat, like I will after this, hey, Pat, tell me about how you got into security and you can sort of help me with that, you know. So it doesn't have to be someone that sort of you sit down with once a week for an hour, you know what I mean? It can just just be a simple phone call. Yeah, it does, definitely doesn't have to be something formal either yeah. as well. And to, to your point, although I think that there's – the coaching industry is such a fad these days and anyone that's worked in the corporate world for 25 years and left or got made redundant over COVID is now a coach. Mm. So you got to be careful of those folks because they've never, they've never installed anything or worked on a side or they don't know anything about being a sparky. They might know about management of leadership and what they know about, but they don't know about your trade. So they might not be the right person. So yeah, I would echo what you're saying there loud and clear for sure. One other thing as well, I, I, I know I'm really hard to coach. I've had a number of business coaches and the first thing I usually say to them is just a warning. I'm pretty hard to coach. They go, what do you mean? I'm like, you'll soon work it out. <laughs> he gave me that warning when we began this. <laughs> and I often say the first thing, I'm like, what have you done? And what I mean by that is what gives you the right, not right, that's probably a rude word, but, you know, what makes you think you can teach me? What have you? What runs have you got on the board? If you've had a, a successful business, you sold it, and now you're doing this for a side hustle or because you love it, okay. But if you've been to university and you've learned how to – coach business and you're coaching a business owner, I just don't get it. It's, they're not the right coach for me. And I had a, a lady that I'd been coached, um, was getting coached by and she was out, out of the corporate scene and was used to coaching corporate and it, it didn't work out. Yep. And, you know, we, I had that difficult conversation with her, which was really hard. And, you know, I suppose you live and learn. It was expensive to go through that process, but now I know that I won't go down that avenue yep. again. I remember when we first started podcasting, there was a couple of little like nuanced things that they're so small, like, and you don't realize you're doing it in language when you're speaking. And it's only when you've got a microphone and you're speaking that you realize you're doing these things. But when you're listening to it as a listener, you don't even hear it. I only hear it because I'm editing it. And they're just little nuanced things that would make Jamie just a little bit more punchy with his points that he's trying to get across and the way he's telling his stories. And at first I was kind of like, ah, just leave it. You know, I can't really, can't really notice. No one would notice that. And then I was like, no, no, he asked me to help him and he asked me to do these things. And I, I gently kind of introduced it and you were sort of like, oh, okay. 
cool. And it was kind of like, it was like learning how to do something. And I, I was really humbled by how hard you tried to resolve it. Yeah. And you kept making the same mistakes. They're just like little nuanced things. And I never even said anything to you. But over a period of time, you tried and you got over, you made a mistake. You tried again. You didn't quite get it. And hey, he got it this time. And hey, he got it again. He got it again. He got it again. So to your point about coaching and all of these things and having a mentor, you've also got to be open to be coached yeah, as well. But it's all in the way somebody's communicating with you. So their delivery and their methodology and the way that they do it. And I think if it comes from a place of love and a place of kindness, not a place of discipline and a place of telling you what to do, that helps a lot as well. Yeah, you've got to have a good attitude for sure. And I, I often say to my kids, you know, if someone asks you to do something, gives you an instruction. We're all following instructions or like even us now, we're following instructions, you know, from our, our builders, our clients, they're giving us instructions, whether the seminars, their instructions. It's just life. And it's it's just a matter of having a good attitude. If someone gives you some negative feedback, take it on board and ask yourself, okay, why did they do Why did they give that and to me? Is it me or is it them? And it's usually yeah. you. And, yeah. and, and when people give you criticism or, or constructive criticism, a lot of naturally people would automatically get a resistive behavior just jumping me up. And I think when you stop in the moment and ask yourself, where's the truth in that? That's when you find the gold nuggets. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. And um, even myself, I do try and remind myself as many times as I can, whenever people do give me feedback in certain areas that I, I may not think I might need to improve, I then later ask myself when I'm driving in the car, well, fuck, that really hit weird for me. And yeah. I did get a bit resist, like the, the, yeah, there was resistance. That I, I could feel resistance coming up. But then I thought, you know what, let's just take a step back. Where is the truth in that? And then you're just improving that 1% every time yep. when you when you do look and you are open to improving. Well, I think back to what you just said then, Pat, I think at the end of the day you should look back on your day and if you had been resistive, you know, like, go, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Or you're rude to one of your boys. Like if I'm rude to – like if I'm under the pump at work and I say something out of line to one of the boys at work, I'll – have a deep breath and I ring him back and say, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said, you know, I was under the pump. I, was, I probably shouldn't have said that or I was rude or, you know, raised my voice or whatever. I think it's important to own it. Yep. And as a man particularly because it's so hard to say sorry. And if you say sorry, like if I, like if I was rude to you, Rob, and I say sorry, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's nice to hear that, you know. So, mm-hmm. And I think own it. And just at the end of the day when you're driving home, just look at relive your day and go, okay, how can you improve? And just if you can do those one percenters like you mentioned before, Pat, improve those every day, I think, you know, you're gonna be a really good man. I think yeah. getting feedback is really important. Yeah. I think you should try and get feedback as often as possible. Even ask for feedback. We always ask our customers uh, after the job or during the job any sort of feedback they can give us and we can use that to improve. So if you have that sort of mindset, then it's going to make it easier. It's almost a shortcut to improving and, yep. and growing and, and making yourself yep. better. Just on that note, that's 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 a beautiful thing and, and a lot of tradies don't do that. But sometimes customers find it a bit weird to give honest feedback. So if we want to plant the seed for showing we're hungry for feedback, the way we, the way we frame that question is if there was something we can improve on, what would it be? So at least it opens up a creative pathway in their yeah. mind to be like, you know what, you could have done this better. Yeah. And and that's when we're really hungry for that feedback. So 100% feedback is a massive thing. And, and when we do come across customers that do feel a bit hesitant to give feedback, just based on their characters and personalities, we inspire that creative thought, okay, well, where could we have done better? Well, that's the thing. You, you ask that difficult question once, which is can you offer me some cre- 
constructive feedback rather, and you get that feedback and you improve on it rather than doing that same thing a hundred times and affecting a yeah. hundred new customers. Yeah. So it's good to have that difficult conversation early and rectifying it, yeah. definitely. In aviation, we have a debriefing process that we call nameless and rankless. Yeah, so nameless, rankless. Then you use the three R's principle, result, reason, response. That's yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, so afterburner uh, fighter pilot methodologies. Yeah, so nameless and rankless works incredibly well. And it works across all corporate organizations as well because I need to debrief you about what went wrong today. But what I'm not doing is I'm not, I'm not getting in your face, but I need to debrief you and tell you straight up what you did wrong because that's costing us money and this is what's not right. And it's not a dressing down. It's not anything like that. It's results. What happened? What was the reason for that? And what's the response going to be? And you can do that in like two minutes and you can debrief yourself virtually 10 times a day with little things like that. That gets you that 1% every day. hundred percent. And I know how effective this is because we use this in our team, in, in, um, in our sales and in, in when we're onboarding people and in the execution of the job. Yeah, so as well. Yeah. When we do run our meetings every Monday, we do go through the debrief on certain jobs just because the more we do our debrief, we know, okay, well, this is the reason why we didn't hit our target or our objective and this is how we're going to be responding. So if we're going to be responding that way next time, we know our success rate is going to be higher. And if, if we keep doing that process, it's it, it creates magic. So that's 100%. I, I know. You like that one? Know, yeah. yeah um, I think it's really important that you have the nameless, rankless one yeah. as well, particularly if you're the boss or you're in a leadership position or a management position when you're doing that with people. It's like, listen, I'm taking my rank off. This is nameless and rankless. And in the military, rank is a, is a big thing. You know, if the sergeant comes over and gets in your face or the boss comes over and gets in your face, like there's some bad stuff going on because you don't normally talk to those people. But if they come over and take their rank off and then they're talking to you like a normal person, it's rankless, it's nameless, and then there's lessons to be learned in that as well and I think some big takeaways as well yeah it's good stuff all right gentlemen I just want to kind of close out this uh this part of the podcast and this part of the segment by just asking uh for some feedback on this I think important point because I don't think it's spoken about enough in business and I'll start off by saying that my missus and my my family are so behind me in what I do and without their support and help and effort and pushing me forward I think I would be a lot further back in my life. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge those people in our lives. And if somebody's listening to this, thinking about taking the leap out of employment into uh, being their own boss and being a business owner, you need to have those people on board. What about you, Pat? Has that been an important factor for you with your family and your friends? Yes, support is always appreciated. And and sometimes, especially as a business owner, and if you're not in a partnership, you're doing everything on your own. It's a lonely place to be in, especially when you're going to have to make hard decisions within your team and 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 maybe have some hard conversations. It's it's challenging on certain relationships. And and if you as a as a person value relationships and value friendships with people, and you're a, you're a business owner, you're a leader, you're in a leadership position. Sometimes it's it's not going to feel it's not going to come as naturally to you, and it's just going to get lonely. So support from family is massive. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Oliver? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with Patrick. Uh, I think it's really important to, um, like, like you just mentioned, business is a lonely place. It's, um, it's, it's not easy and it's, it's not for everyone. And I think every sort of bit of support you can get definitely helps. So I think having, if you're married or got a partner or whatever, I think it's really important that um, you can try and find someone that does support you, um, encourages you. Because like I just said, it's, it's, it's pretty lonely. It is is real tough and every sort of bit of encouragement makes a big difference. And for you, Jamie? 
Yeah, my wife, um, we've obviously got two kids. I think you've got three kids. Got three yeah, kids, three. yeah. Yeah, so I've got two kids and um, my wife took a bit of a backseat, you know, for a while because she's wanted to start a business for a while. And, um, yeah, she's been amazing. She's got her own business now, which is thriving. Um, and hopefully we help each other. We motivate each other. We're, I wouldn't say we're competitive, but we're, we, we want each other to succeed. Um, and it's always nice sharing the wins with each other. And I suppose for my children, um, I want them to sort of go, my dad owns Pro Logical and be proud of that and be proud of us driving around in, you know, the Pro Logical car rather than eggs being thrown at it for the wrong reason, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Creating a legacy. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. And like we touched on before, I want to get to a point, you know, where my kids are old enough to start an apprenticeship. They want to come work for us and I can still be part of it when I'm old can hardly walk and grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be done with our family. All right, let's take a break and uh, have a little bit of fun. If you like what you're hearing on today's show and you want to take it up a notch, then Jamie and I have a premium version of the Electricians Co-op podcast. Over on the premium show, Jamie and I interview other electrical business owners and we find out what makes them tick. We also interview the people and the experts that will help you to grow your electrical business and help you to accelerate your career as an electrician. Come on over and check it out for free at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash interviews. Boys, this is the last segment of today's show. It's called the Rapid Fire Success Tips. Or the Lightning Round. <laughs> I'm going to give it a new name. We'll think of something else. All uh, right. It's pretty much all about the first thing. It pops in your mind. No thinking permitted. It's just an instinctive reply. So we'll start off with you, Oliver. You're going to do Oliver's ones and I'm going to do right, Patrick's right. ones. You might have heard some of these, but you definitely haven't heard some of the other ones. So <laughs> go for it, Jamie. <laughs> all right. So, Oliver, what's what should Sparkies do more of? Be positive. All right. Yeah, that's that's enough. <laughs> you know what's coming, baby. What should Sparkies do less of? Uh, dodgy work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the I like that. That's actually answer. really good. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver, what's the worst thing you've heard someone say on a job site? I don't listen to people on the job site. <laughs> what about the client? What's the, what's the worst thing you've heard, heard a client say to you or one of the boys? <sighs> probably variations. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't you don't mind. like the V word. Yeah. I don't mind it, but when they change them on 20 times, yeah. it's not a waste of time, but you've done done things going back on yourself. It, yeah. But, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Doing yeah. works for work's sake. Hey, uh, Patrick, what was the last kind deed that you did for somebody? Uh, He's got uh, a list. He's got a list. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, look, I... I this morning I was at a seminar, Now Led and Scale It by Kerwin Ray. It's the fifth time I've attended this seminar and I've just brought Maria. I, I bought her a ticket for the seminar to um, experience the whole three days. And awesome. I, I think, yeah, that, that was pretty kind. She, she really appreciated it because she's been following Kerwin Ray for a while. So I'm, nice. I'm going to say that. Those tickets aren't cheap either. <laughs> They're not. Nice one. <laughs> Oh, it's my turn, is it? Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. Hey, are you following along, pal? You Oliver. Right? I was just I was in La La Land. <laughs> Oliver, what's the what's your f- most favorite thing about being a Sparky? Variations. <laughs> Variations yeah. No, I enjoy money, baby. Yeah. No, I enjoy doing something physical with my hands and it, you know, when the job's done, being able to sit back and look at it and wow, that, that was awesome. Yeah. It's rewarding. 
yeah, satisfying role here. Nice one. Hey, uh, Pat, what's your least favourite thing? About being a Sparky. Uh, doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, turn the circuit breaker RCVO on oh, and it trips. That is <laughs> worse. Worse, didn't it? Yeah, yeah worse. Circuit upgrade. Yeah. Or what about pulling the downlight down in the spring, getting caught yes. in the finger? <laughs> that's, oh, that's probably the worst, actually. There's one thing worse than that. I <laughs> cut out that? a new downlight. This is a few months ago. Put my hand up there and put out a dead rat. Oh, <laughs> God, that's disgusting. It happened to me before. So I'm not going to actually one. touch it. I didn't touch it, yeah. but we pulled out the downlight and just fell out. Oh, yeah. The rat fell out of the hole. Yeah, the rat fell out <laughs> of the was hole. Was it dead? It was, was dead. Yeah, 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 it was. Was, was yours alive? No, no, mine was dead. But <laughs> big? Not massive, but, but it's, it's big, big enough. enough. Big enough big to enough. handle. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> there'll probably be a few more. It's a good size. The mouse plate coming to Sydney soon, so. You're going to get some more of that, huh? Yeah, yeah. My turn again, eh? Oliver, what's your superpower in business? Coachable. Be. That's a really Yeah, good I think that's important. Yeah. Be coachable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good one. Hey, uh, what's your, if you could have a real superpower that's not invisibility, what would it be? <sighs> Flying. Beautiful. Teleportation would be a good one. Oh. God, it saves some time. Far yeah. Out. I reckon telepathy would be a good one too. Telepathy. Oh, I'd love to be able to read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> what is that person? Although, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Start my business. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing the, what I know now. In the theme of today's show. <laughs> Good one. Hey, what's a, uh, what's a skill that you're working on right now, Patrick, that you haven't quite mastered? Look, I'm going to say leadership because to me, mastering leadership is a massive. Yeah. Yeah, massive end goal. And it's not something that you ever actually master. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. a forever student. Yeah. Str- always yeah. striving for perfection. Yeah. Although what's something you'll say you'll do, but you never will? <laughs> when it comes skydiving oh, no, I'm scared of heights yeah probably skydiving I'll, yeah I'll go skydiving no <laughs> terrified of heights Patrick what's a goal that you're working on that you're very close to achieving oh because you guys are goal orientated that's a good question that's a hard question mm-hmm. there's a couple there's a couple is there one that sticks out I don't want to say <laughs> There's a couple of stickers. Is that like winning business? So you're close to winning some big contracts? They're, they're business related. Yeah. Um, and yeah, not to do with clients, but more internally. Nice one. Yeah. Nice one. So there is there is something that's that you're working on that you're almost, you've warmed. I think that's really, the reason no, I wrote that is because it's an important thing to have in your life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is to have goals that you can kind of actually attain and achieve. Oliver, what's your happy place? At home with my family. Yes, I knew yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I knew. Yeah. Actually, can I say mine? Yeah, go. Was, go. Um, What's your happy place, Jamie? I don't know what. This is not about me. It's about you guys. But still, <laughs> the other day, I was sitting on the lounge on Sunday. We had the heater on. We are watching like a family movie. Had one son under one arm, the other one on the <laughs> other arm. My missus next to me. I was like, how good is this? It's the best. That was my happy place. Really? When they get a bit older and they don't live there anymore, that's a pretty happy place too. I actually say, I say to my boys, I'm like, you will do as I say, well, I can beat you in a wrestle. And they said, Dad, I can beat you now. I'm like, come on, let's do it. So they're getting, they're getting to a, they're pretty shredded, so they wouldn't be too far off beating me, I reckon. At, at some point, you'll, you'll have children and you reach what I call video game parody with children. Uh, do you know what that is? Have you ever heard that before? No one's ever told you this. Man, if you've got young kids, especially you, Jamie, this is something really important for you, man, because um, video game parody occurs when no matter how much you play with your kids, they can just beat you every time. And I can remember playing, it was years ago, playing Halo 4 or something with my son, Travis, and I would spawn into the game and he'd just go, boom. And I'd go, and I'm like, 
<laughs> dude, give me a second, you know, like just one second. I was born back into the game. Bang, I was gone. Bang, I was gone. Bang, I was gone. I'm like, stop it, man. You know, like it's not funny. <laughs> and, and he's like, what are you talking about? This is the funniest thing ever. And I realized he was really good at watching two screens and he could just orientate himself <laughs> with the map. You know, we're playing on the same television and he's on the top and I'm on the bottom. And he just knew exactly where I was and he could position himself virtually instantly to, to kind of get, at, get a hold of me. And it must have been probably five minutes of this. And I remember actually throwing the controller at him and he like, he ducked the controller like when George Bush ducked a shoe it was thrown at him like that. And he's like, ha ha, want to play Halo Dad? And I'm like, no, I don't want to play with you anymore. You know, it's no more fun. I can't beat you anymore. <laughs> it's pretty cool. All right. Pat, what's a hidden talent that you have that nobody knows about? Hidden talent that I have that nobody knows about. Uh, I could play the didgeridoo. <laughs> can you really? Can you I really? can, but yeah, wow. very, very beginner level. <laughs> yeah. That's a skill. That's a really hard so. thing. There's a 40 mil piece of PVC pipe in there. <laughs> let's cut it into 1,200 and let's see. Yeah, let's give it a close to crack. Oliver, have you ever stolen anything and it can't be a girl's heart? <laughs> Smooth. Have I ever stolen anything? Yes, I have. I've stolen some chocolate from a servo when I was a little, I don't know how, how old, maybe five, six years old. You swiped one. Yeah. yeah. Dad took us into the servo. We, I was born in England, grew up in England until I was about eight years old. I remember Dad took us to the petrol state. Or he was filling up the car and took us in to pay. And um, I had my little brother, Matty, he's two years younger than me. We walked in behind Dad and Dad was paying and said to Matty, well, oh, you need a chocolate. <laughs> so, so we both pinched a chocolate while Dad was talking to the <laughs> to the guy and he put them in our pockets and, yeah, took off. Actually, a few years ago, I was doing a job with one of our apprentices <laughs> and we're in the, working in the pantry of this home. Anyway, we'll up a ladder on the, and up on the top shelf, there was a um, jar of Oreos. <laughs> anyway, I was replacing this light and I was, I was like past lunch Anyway, I'm like, oh, I just, I'll just have one already. So I've, I've undone the lid. And I, quit, I thought, I just don't want the apprentice to see me having an Oreo because then he's going to want to have one. Then I, I thought one missing is okay, but two is, uh, you know. So anyway, I've quickly shoved the Oreo in my mouth. I'm chewing it up quickly. And I hear the apprentice over my shoulder, are you hungry? And I've turned around. I'm like, no, nah, right. I had Oreos all through my teeth. And oh, it's like, you are kidding. You cannot help yourself with guts. Gotcha. That's too funny. Uh, Patrick, does, does anyone consider you a hipster? A hipster? A hipster. I don't think so. No. Okay, cool. First of all, just checking, man. I'm just checking. It was a question. I fire question or was that just in general? No, that was a question. That was the one that was written. <laughs> that was written for another guest. Um, finally, Oliver, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given as an electrician? Don't do dodgy work. That's an <laughs> Don't do dodgy work. I'm going to uh, close out this segment here for you as well, Patrick. Uh, have, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given as a spucky? Oh, um, measure twice, cut once. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. gentlemen we covered a lot of ground here on the show today and i just wanted to give you guys the opportunity to maybe add anything as jamie does his instagram thing going over there yeah yeah here it is i just wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe add anything that you left out or add an extra comment or have we covered it all oliver have you got anything you wanted to add today covered 
covered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we if, covered. If anyone's got any questions, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, yeah beautiful. As as electrical group. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. And so what's your preferred, Facey or Insta? Either, mate. Yeah. Either. Active on both. Excellent. So. Excellent. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, you just take a little peek at the show notes and you can connect with Oliver right there. What about you there, Patrick? Have you got any parting comments, anything that you want to add to the show? Ask for help if you feel like you need it in any forms of life, whether it's business or work or personal. And, and don't be afraid to ask for help because more times than most, you'll find people are willing to help. Yeah, excellent. That's great advice, mate. And if people want to connect with you, what would be the best way? What's your preferred way? So we are 1300 Oztec, O-Z-T-E-C-H. We are also very um, active on Instagram and Facebook under Oztec Sparks Electrical, O-Z-T-E-C-H-S-P-A-R-K-S. Beautiful. And as always, the links are right there in the show notes. Jamie, have you got anything to add that you want to use to close out the show with? Oh, I'd probably say I got a bit of advice the other day and it was a simple sentence choose education over entertainment every time every time so i know people say scrolling through instagram is a waste of time but if i think the people that you follow are business related i don't think you're wasting time so i'll scroll obviously follow you and you pat uh, oliver and and pat so i look at what they're doing and rather than i'm inspired by what you guys are doing i'm excited that you got your new truck you got your brother here you're obviously kicking goals pat rob's obviously killing it with what he's doing so i think I, I think it's a misconception saying social media is a waste of time. So I think if you follow the right people, it can be motivating as well. So if you're flicking through at lights, you've got some motivational things on your screen, go for it. Yeah, good stuff. Well said. And if people want to connect with you and waste time on social media, <laughs> what's the best way to connect with you? At Promage Electrical or via Facebook or via the Ask Me Anything page. You can get me on there. What about you, Rob? Yeah, Instagrams is the best for me, please. Just rob.russ77. Or the other way to reach us and connect with us is over at the community. And I want to invite everybody that's listening to pop on over and to join us. And you can find the link at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash free. There's no cost to join the community that will always be free. And as that grows, there's going to be lots more people in there. Lots of offers, lots of deals, lots of pictures of us doing podcasts as Oliver takes another photo there. Thank you, mate. Uh, And looking forward to seeing you over there and seeing your questions there as well. And don't forget, if you want to take your business, your career and your life as an electrician to the next level, I'd love to see you over on the premium version of the show. And you can find us over at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash interview. All right, gentlemen, that was a hell of a lot of fun. We've bumped over an hour, which is kind of cool. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for hosting us here, Patrick. Thanks for making the trek down, Oliver and Jamie. Great to see you again, mate. We've got a couple of shows Thanks, coming Pat. up Thanks this week. Lot. It's going to be you. good. Let's get out of here, boys. Thanks, we'll guys. see you. Appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Thanks, 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 Thank you. Time goes by and yet I wonder Are you and me still the same? Are you still loving the game? I know I don't You cast your spell and I went under I know the laughter and the pain Will I ever love again? I don't know if I can take it anymore your mind free set your mind free no one knows what i've been through but this is the end of me and you set your mind free uh, made a promise to myself this time i will keep it when there's a will you